What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to episode number 152 of the VK Bros. With the VK Bros, Jason and Alex Von Cannell. How are you going, Alex? I think I'm going better than you. Yeah, yeah. So, full disclosure, guys. Alex is going to be driving the bus a little bit on this week's episode because I've had a week. I've had a week. Uh, My poor boy, Jake, uh, who is 16 months old, fell over last Sunday with myself, my wife, and his grandparents all standing around him while we're playing at the park, and he actually chipped his front tooth. Well, we didn't really think anything of it uh, on Sunday because he didn't seem that bothered by it. You could see there was a little bit of a chip in the bottom, but turns out he had like a like an, a capital Y-shaped crack, so the crack went sort of up the middle and then split off to both sides and went all the way up into the root of his tooth. And throughout the rest of the day, I think that crack had started to sort of split and then, yeah, by the time he woke up on Monday morning, his his toothed buddy split in half. And very, very long story short, uh, he ends up having surgery on Thursday. So first time ever having one of the kids putting un- put under general anesthetic, which is a little bit nerve-wracking as a parent. But I've been under it. Amanda's been under it. So you just sort of trust the hospital system knows what they're doing. He wouldn't be a Von Cannell without having uh, weird front teeth. That right? is true. That is true. Yeah. So- uh well, I was I was joking about. So, for any of our, our our viewers who don't know, I'm a little bit of a freak, and I've still got my two uh, baby teeth on the bottom, which is the funny thing because I'm like this idiot. He's had his front teeth for six months, and he's already lost one. I've had these things for yeah. 35 years, and they're still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Loser. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly right. So, uh, yeah, not not well known for our tooth genes. Um, but yeah, so because of that, that's literally taken pretty much all of our focus here as a family for the week, because it's been a pretty uh, ongoing trial. It's now Saturday night, so things have sort of calmed down a little bit, but both boys are sick and all that fun stuff, and you can hear I'm probably a little bit croaky too. So I haven't had my little truffle pig nose to the ground as much as Alex has this week, so he's got a few things that he's going to be running us through, um, and there is one particular subject which I've had my eye on as well, uh, which we'll go into as well. But Alex, you can kick this off wherever you'd like to start. Yeah, a quick rundown of what we're going to go through. I've got a little bit of information about these Bitcoin uh, ETFs that everyone's talking about. Mm-hmm. We want to have a quick discussion about the Wagner situation in Russia, just a yep. very quick unofficial uh, version of it some other financial news that, that we'll come to but i do want to start off with a rant so one of the businesses that i've that one of the tech businesses that i've started mm-hmm. i'm running into some issues with right oh. and the issues is trying to get people to build this thing for me right yep now the stuff should be easy in my head it's easy it's a game that's attached to a crypto uh, payment, which is Lightning, right? Mm-hmm. Lightning is open source protocol, which means that all the code is available for anyone download. So effectively, I want companies to glue these two things together, right? Yeah. Now, this week, I've had the team uh, reach out and speak to a bunch of people. We found a mob in Australia that was willing to sell us effectively the game. And they reckon it was like 90% of the way there. Mm-hmm. And then we went and spoke to another company about sticking the lightning payment system to to the game. Right. Now, I want to have this thing up and running this year. That's yep. my goal. Uh, I've been working on this for five months now. 
and I got given a quote that said it was going to take 400 days to do it, even though the game was built and lightning payments are, they already exist. Right. And they're going to charge $200,000. Yeah, right? And little things in there that that, that were a little bit annoying. So in, in the quote, it had set up a lightning node five days. Now, this is at $500 a day, right? Five right. days. Yeah. Now, my business partner, Nugget, built a physical lightning node and set it up and got it deployed in two hours. And mm. in my in my uh, email back, it was like, I, I said, uh, uh, Nugget had built it in two hours with his skills as a motor dealer <laughs> with the aid of YouTube. Yeah. They're just taking the piss, aren't they? They've probably done this to that many people trying to create an app in the past who know nothing about how to develop stuff themselves, so they're just having a crack. Well, this is the part that I'm not sure of. I don't know if these guys... Now, trying to pull me back, Jason, if I, if I sort of go off on a tangent, because I've, had, I've, had a, I've been bleating about this for a while, right? Mm-hmm. So, is it a case of these tech guys thinking that they have the power of the dark arts and no one else knows it, right? So they hold all the keys. Yeah. So when someone comes to them, they can make whatever, they can build any narrative that they want and they can, and, and they can charge whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And are people paying that? Are there companies out there that are just quite happy to give $200,000 to someone and wait a year and a bit to have something finished that should have taken three months. Is that, is, is that what's happening? Ask yourself one question. Have you worked in a big company before that wasn't really that great at tech, but it had a lot of money that would just throw it at someone to give them a substandard product? Yes, but not at that level. Not at, not at, you know, I know, I know big companies that would pay for consultants and I'd pay like five grand a day for these consultants to come and build reports that they could literally pump out themselves if you had any knowledge of how to use a computer. So I've seen stuff like that, but I uh, definitely think you're right. And I also know, I also know that like when last year, when I was trying to find people to do this, Mm. an interesting, uh, thing I noticed that kept arising is that these a lot of these young talented people that have the ability to build some of this stuff were getting jobs for big companies in server rooms you know being like tech support because yeah. I feel like uh, is there a lot of old legacy people out there that are like oh I need someone to like fix the computers and that yeah so, so probably and someone some really smart young kid comes in has all the knowledge in the world oh I'll pay you 150 160 grand a year mm-hmm. to tell people to turn the computer off and back on again yeah, yep. I look, I think that you're on the right track with what you said at the beginning about how these programmers do just think that they are, you know, it is the dark art of programming and they are the holders of the magic. And when I think like trying to just think of this on the fly, I remember stories from the pandemic about when when everyone started being told to work from home and the amount of people who had picked up multiple full-time jobs working from mm. home. So they would do an eight-hour shift for three companies on the same day and take three wages. And when I think about your story, number one, just think about it from their perspective. If you can get someone to agree to this, so you said one one part of the project 
they had listed for five days at $500 a day and your business partner who knows nothing about it did that role in two hours. So two things. Number one, the amount of additional uh, income you make from those additional days that you've quoted if you can get the job. But number two, how much time are you buying yourself as far as trying to hit different milestones? So this company might be trying to take the piss on five or six different projects all at the same time. And if they give themselves a 400 day window to get five or six projects done, they get to charge 400 day rates to all five or six projects rather than going, okay, well this project, I can get it done within 30 to 60 days. And you're only charging 30 to 60 days for one program uh, project, which you're having to hit full time day in day out to get it done on time and then move on to the next one. So I think it is a piss take. But I have found as, as part of my bleating through the, during the week, we'd almost come to the scenario of like, we just can't get Aussies to do this because this is a company right. that was based in Melbourne. And we're like, they, they don't want it. They either, I was yeah. so annoyed because it took them three weeks to get the quote back to us and they should have yeah. just told us they didn't want it because it, I was offended by the price that they gave us. And yeah, they, well, that's they pretty wasted, standard. They seven or eight grand of my time, right? Yeah. Like just waiting for the the um, quote. Mm. And because only on, oh, only yesterday, we'd had a meeting with some other guys based in India who mm-hmm. have been absolutely um, completely different attitude, a can-do attitude. Yep, we can build that. Yep, we've got this. Yep. Um, res- or A, responded to the meeting request within a couple of hours. Like had, yep. a, had a meeting lined up with a developer, with one of the, like, the business manager side, mm-hmm. had a phone hook up, did a demonstration we like their product they actually have a great product the product is cheaper it's like 80 grand and like we're going to negotiate it and mm-hmm. we didn't have to buy this uh, this other one i don't i don't know if i mentioned that other quote the 200 grand yeah was 200 grand plus i had to spend 30 grand to buy another program that they were going to stick to lightning oh cool awesome yeah so these guys a great deal. build the light <laughs> build the lightning node uh, sorry, build the lightning capabilities, and and they have a game, and they're gonna they're gonna piece it all together. And they're like, yep, if you want to change this, we can change this. We can work. We want to work with you. We want to help you run it. We want to help you deploy. It was all the right stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end of the conversation, they said, we'll have a proposal to you within fifteen minutes. Boom. There's a proposal. Yeah. Customized to us with what the time frame was, and even the payment was fair. Instead of like, give us fifty grand up front. Mm. It was like phase one completion. Oh no, like deposit six thousand uh, dollars. Phase one completion milestone eleven thousand dollars. Right. Phase two completion milestone. Like they yeah. even set really fair and realistic targets for themselves mm-hmm. for us. So uh, we're, we're going to talk to them next week, and hopefully we can we can get a deal done there because well, that's exciting that that's progressing. Mate, yeah, definitely, absolutely. But make sure, being an Indian company, they ask them what their best price is, so you know where to start negotiating. <laughs> I, yeah. I do get the feeling, like you said, that that other Melbourne mob just don't want the job. So that's a pretty standard thing, like with so many different industries where you quote a yeah. job. If you don't want to do it, you just massively overquote. And if the client's dumb enough to go for it, well, at least you're making money hand over fist to do a job you don't want to do. So that's that's pretty. Standard. I made, made him. I did that. He got a quote from another country, from Greece. So he oh, works yeah. in a. Uh, in a demolition company yep. and got sent a quote that's uh, and they, they thought it was a joke at first and they're like oh mm. no this is legit they, they, they did their due diligence realised it's a real company they've got a big project going over in Greece and they said Paul we don't want to send our stuff over there mm. 
let's just charge an obscene amount of money and say that we'll go over as consultants. So we won't do the work, we'll coordinate yep. the work. Yeah, yeah. So I put this huge figure on and they won it. So he spent the last, <laughs> he spent like I think four or six weeks this year over in Greece oh. living the living the dream. Yeah, what a tough <laughs> life for him, eh? But he did say, he goes, they have saved themselves millions of dollars by having mm. me because mm-hmm. when I got over there, they were gonna do it basically backwards and they would have cost themselves a fortune. So right, he okay. goes, I have although I've charged the bomb, I've saved them way more. So should have gone higher. Should have gone higher. This fall too. So this is a thought that I had, and I wanted to share with you. Mm-hmm. I was so frustrated with uh, this this development process because it's basically what are we now? We're in this. We're in July. Oh yeah, happy end it's of a- month to all the motor dealers out there, all the new car dealers. Yeah, I played golf yesterday. <laughs> I I've been working at this. I've been talking to people about building. Uh, this game for over 12 months now mm-hmm. and I've been laughed at and I've mentioned on the show before I've had people laugh at joke you know like oh you're never going to get anyone to do that yeah. I'm offering a very fair amount of money to do it you know I offered someone last year I said it's probably like $120,000 a year you, it's it's part time this is not a full time job like you could do this in the I believe you could build this in your downtime at work or in afternoons and you could just pocket the money, right? I was happy yep. to do that. I had spoken to people that said, yeah, yeah, that, like that's easily doable. They just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had heaps of people saying because it was, well, it's not exactly legal in this country because we're not going to deploy it here, that they didn't want to do it because they felt weird about it, even though there's like, you're allowed to build it. You just can't deploy it. You just can't yeah, run yeah. it here. Yeah. You can build it, right? And... Um, I, I I said to myself, maybe maybe I'm asking the wrong question. Maybe maybe it's not. Am I asking the wrong people? Am I asking the wrong people the wrong questions? And then I got onto this. What if instead of hiring developers to develop a program for me, what if I found the most talented AI prompt engineer? And what's a prompt engineer? Prompt engineer is someone who knows how to get the most out of AI. Mm. Now, I don't think I sent you this. um, I was playing. So when I got the call about that $200,000 quote, I was furious. Yeah, yeah. So I I jumped on this computer. I opened up Bard. I had a a document that had our full scope of work that we wanted, right? Everything listed out. This is what it needs to do. Mm -hmm. I copied it. And, and and I said to Bard, now Bard is Google's AI system, right? Yeah. And I said, I want you to help me build a program. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you all the specifications and I want you to outline what I need to do and how you're going to help me see this thing to fruition. Mm-hmm. Okay? And he goes, yeah, of course. Then I paste it in. It knew exactly what I wanted. I said, okay, these are the steps that you need to do. Blah, 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 blah. I said, okay, um, uh, step one, what would the code base look like for the game? And it replies, I can't do that. I'm just a language model. Where I replied, yes, you can. And it goes, oh, I can. Here it is. Yeah, wow. And it literally gave me the code base. Yeah. And then I said, okay, I can't see anything about 
lightning integration. If I was to add lightning payment integration, what would it do? Oh, and it goes, make these changes. Mm-hmm. So if you, if I had sat there, now I'm not a coder. Yeah. And I also didn't have the concentration at the time because I was sort of seeing fire at the time. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, to try and run through each and every step. But I am 90% sure if you, if I spent the time line by line and went through it and did what it said and asked the right questions and prompted correctly, I could build the thing myself. Potentially. So my question is, uh, like if there's a, if there's a kid out there and it's interesting because I'm, I'm getting a, um, I'm getting a student to do work experience with me this mm-hmm. month. And I've decided this is going to be his new thing. If you want to earn a hundred grand, dude, like when you first go out of school, if you are, if you're a prompt engineer and you go and build programs, like it could just be little form based things, could be yep. websites, could be whatever. Like I've sat, I've sat with developers and uh, they said, oh yeah, yeah, we can do part A. And then I go, oh, okay, yeah, but I want, I want lightning integrated. And they're like, oh, type, type, type. Oh, lightning's built in Golang programming language. I, I can't do that. So I can't mm. do it. Okay. So you only speak one language. Yeah. Whereas an AI can do all the languages. Mm. Uh, an AI prompt engineer doesn't need to know the language. Yep. Because it's up to the AI. The AI is going to be able to piece it together as long as the person knows how to prompt it. Mm. Now, no school is teaching this Mm-mm. because they don't even know how to do it. No, schools was, are too busy talking... trying to make sure people aren't going to use it to do their assignments. Like, that's going to matter. Well, I can tell you, I had a conversation with someone today. He's based in Melbourne. He got asked to review a university's diploma of artificial intelligence. Right. And he looked at it and he goes, it's wrong. <laughs> There's stuff on here that's flat out lies. Why am I not surprised like, by that? Right? But they'll sell these programs, right? Mm. And then people are going to think, go get accredited. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm tell- if you're a young person or if you're a, if you're a person that's got, uh, that hates your job, wants to earn a bunch of money and wants to do it in a cool and, and, and weird and flourishing way, there is a gold mine here. For sure. Imagine walking in, like imagine... So you could, you could, and I'm going to test this. So on Monday, Nugget and I are going to sit and we're going to see if we can build something just using AI. Yeah, right? cool. So, so yeah, yeah. we're going to be Report AI back, companions. Because I think I'll, that's a really interesting experiment for sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you where we, we get with it. Mm-hmm. Now, we are amateurs. We are, we're car dealers, right? Yep. Hey, good at asking questions. Well, yeah, yeah. And I'd say um, Nugget in particular is excellent at prompting uh, he, he built, um, he did a training program for himself. He called it Fat GPT for last month, where he got it to build a meal plan and a workout regime with mm-hmm. put all his goals in. Took him a while to do it, took a lot, a lot of prompting, and he, he did a DEXA scan. So he lost two kilos of fat. Yeah. He also lost 200 grams of lean mass, which right. is not ideal, but, yep. but on, a, on his graph, he's actually. It's actually uh, uh, better than what he was doing. And plus, it's not a bad trade. Deficit. Yeah, it's not a bad yeah. trade, to be fair. And to put that in a financial context, his gym, when he was getting personally trained, was $75 per training session, which mm-hmm. is doing it three times a week. And the meal plan was $200 a week. Right. And, and he just got that all that done 
on ChatGPT for free. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it, it, it has, it's not perfect. You need, like, obviously, ChatGPT can't tell you if your form's no good on your, um, you know, your deadlift. Yeah. So there's absolutely, uh, it's not, it's not the cure-all. No. But it definitely helps. For sure, for sure. And that's where, like, I was literally, I've been thinking about it because one of the things that comes to mind is that from experience of working in businesses and wondering, like, thinking about how much value an 18-year-old kid fresh out of school can bring to an organization, and generally it's very minimal. Like, Mm. most of them don't really have enough experience in anything. Uh, They're just a blank canvas in which you can teach them the things that you know, but that's it. They're not going to add really any additional value Whereas this is an opportunity because the majority of, you know, uh, large scale, high gross turnover companies in Australia are run and managed by boomers or maybe Gen Xs who are not versed in this technology. So an 18 year old kid now, or even one in a year or two's time, who has come through high school learning how to use chat GPT to do all of their assignments at school, tricking their teachers into thinking they're not using it and absolutely braining it, that level of experience that they then bring into uh, a workplace, that's that's a completely different ball game. Like that absolutely changes Yeah, I'm testing game. it now. I've just pulled Bard up on the screen yep. uh, and I'll put a prompt in. Give me a program on the best way to teach me how to get the most out of prompt... Uh, about out of you using correct prompt uh, prompts. Let's see what it says. Thinking, thinking. The the, the cynic in me does wonder if Google's got this set up so that as it's building a program for you, it's also writing Google's patent for that program in the background at the same time and lodging it with the relevant authorities. Quick side note about patents. Do you know that the guy that died in the submarine, the guy that owned the company, also had a patent for submersible sealed... Uh, like a, He had a patent around the technology of sealing a unit that's for a submersible. Yeah, well, it doesn't sound like a very good quality patent. No, it's but but I saw it and I was like, that can't be real. But I checked the patent office and it's there. Yeah, right. There you so go. here we go. So it says, sure, here's a program for the best way to teach you to get the most out of prompt. Start by using clear. Can you, can you zoom in slightly? Prompt. Sorry, mate. Uh, I don't know if this is going. Does that look any better? It doesn't uh, format well. Yeah, that that is better though. Yeah. Uh, use keywords and phrases I'm likely to understand. Be patient. I'm still under development. Here are some tips for using correct prompts. Avoid using slang or jargon. Use complete sentences. Avoid asking multiple questions. Okay. Um, so that is the basics. What are advanced tips you can give me? Let's see what it says. Uh, here we go. Here are some advanced tips to use with large language models. Use examples. If you're asking me to generate text or translate text, provide me with examples can help me understand what you're looking for. Use specific instructions. Use keywords. Use multiple prompts. Be creative. Like, so we, if we did this for an hour a day, yeah. like, what what could we achieve, right? Mm. Yeah, it's 
you could write a training course for it. So I think what you said is a great point. This, if you're if you're a kid that is hungry and that wants to blow the socks off an employer, imagine if you went to them and said, like, when you get to the interview and said, "Yeah, I've made you this." Mm. Oh, what is that? Oh, I just decided that this is. I asked ChatGPT what was the best, um, what was the best, you know, what was the biggest problem that your business had, and what was what would be the best solution, and it, it gave me this piece of advice. So I built this for you, and this, you know, and here it is. Yeah, and that's... I use this. I was a companion to AI. Yeah. Now that is where young kids are still going to struggle a bit with the lack of life experience to check their work. Whereas someone like yourself, if you bring in that young kid to do work experience and you try training him in that, and then he brings you stuff and you can go, okay, well, you know, cause it's the, the AI is not going to get everything right on everything all sure. the time. And without world experience to actually be able to refer to, it can be a little bit tricky, but yeah, I, I just think the, you know, the opportunities are endless, aren't they? They really, really are. You, you gave me a very interesting, you said something before that I have, I, I'm putting down as a marker of when someone doesn't know what they're talking about in this space. Okay. It's when they call AI ChatGPT. Yeah. Well, so everyone goes, check myself. Oh, yeah, Chat G- yeah, ChatGPT, this, oh, we're using ChatGPT. So someone that we had a meeting with, because our pattern has an AI function to it. Mm-hmm. And one of the people that we spoke to about it said, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're doing something with ChatGPT." And then in my head, I'm like, "Okay, well, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about then, because <laughs> ChatGPT is one of the products. Like, I just use Bard. Now, the reason yeah. why I use Bard before I use so ChatGPT is a better language model in my mm-hmm. experience, but Bard has access to the internet that ChatGPT does not. Right. So, and I think it's faster. So, mm-hmm. but I think. Prompt engineer, if if you if you're listening or if you want to uh, get one of your kids, like I could see a 14, 15 year old who's hungry to learn, who doesn't know what they want to do yet. If you harness the power of this and the power of like like get teach yourself using TikTok and YouTube how to do this, and then get the the thing to teach you learn together, mm-hmm. get the AI to teach you how to AI. And if you can be uh, like a companion to AI, if you can be the human interface for AI, you are going to be like, you'll yeah. make a hundred grand in your first year when you get out. Yeah. Like as, that, simple as that. Simple yeah. as that. Absolutely. If you could provide value and solve problems for companies, and if you could do it as, as quick and easy as what I think, you'll make a hundred grand day one. Like mm-hmm. the, 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 first, the first year you work. And it'll be the easiest way, like, and you'll make a million bucks in the first five years. Yeah, and you'll be giving more value than any other $100,000 kid out of school has ever given. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Okay, right, so that's my on. rant. That's my rant. Now, there's a lot of talk, and I think it's bullshit. We've said this in the past about these Bitcoin ETFs. Uh, exchange-traded funds, we spoke about it on the last show. BlackRock's putting one in, and that's why the price of Bitcoin went from like 29000 US to about thirty and a half. What's I said point now? Uh, 30,400. 30, 30, okay. So, so it's still up. It's still up. Yeah, yeah. But 
it made no sense to me. I can't remember if I said in the previous show. It makes no sense to me that you've got the SEC literally trying to bash all the cryptocurrencies, and then now they're talking about like five or six finance, big, large finance institutions going, "Oh, we've we've put our documentation into the SEC for a a, a, a Bitcoin ETF." Yeah, just sounds like bullshit to me. Like it just it, it sounds it sounds like news to try and manipulate markets. We spoke about here. Yeah best way to get mummy and daddies on board and then just wipe them out right yeah i think it's a massive pump and dump that's coming because they're essentially using their customers investment money to buy bitcoin which they will like the customer thinks they're investing in bitcoin but they won't own any of it the 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 um hedge fund or the investment company will own the bitcoin they will pay you a dividend based off the bitcoin and then they can then buy a stack of it using their customers' money and then they can buy and sell it to then sell at the top and then buy well, it back in at the dip and then sell at the top and then buy it back in this, at the dip. An ETF is not supposed to buy and sell. So one of the advantages of an ETF is they're supposed to only buy, right? Because it keeps fees low. They don't actively trade it. Mm-hmm. Now that's a spot ETF. So what you've said is a spot ETF. Mm-hmm. There's also other ETFs called derivative ETFs that they're trying to set up and a derivative yep. ETF they won't even buy the Bitcoin they're just basically going to bet on it right okay now how many bef- ETFs are there that invest in only one security none yeah none. so this is why I think it's <laughs> yeah. very different yeah yeah but yeah. anyway but, we'll, we'll see what happens but what some but what you illustrated is the latter. Like that's going to happen down the track. And yeah. yes, that causes its own problems. What I'm saying now is that this news about them filing their paperwork for an ETF. So there's no money moving. The only mm-hmm. money that's moving into these things is from us, right? The, 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 the small investors thinking that we're hearing something that we're not supposed to hear. I but think, of course they want us to hear it. I think they, they already bought in... What, like what we spoke about last week. I think they already yeah, bought maybe. a significant amount a little while ago before the news started coming out. And then when people saw the news, went and looked at the price of Bitcoin and it had jumped because the, the um, investment companies had bought a significant amount. And then they're going, oh, I need like FOMO, right? I need to jump on because like, I'm getting in fairly early. It's only jumped by X amount. And then they're just going to let all the uh, mum and dad investors uh, drive yeah. it up and then they'll dump it. So I, I can see it. I think it's going to drop soon. I think when the, this new cycle, because there's still more coming out now. Oh, we did this. Oh, we put in our paperwork too. Oh, we put in our paperwork too. And it's mm. just to try and stay relevant. But yep. so, don't, so don't don't fall for it is, is my tip. And Next especially because news. the SEC, like you said, is literally trying yeah. to take out every other cryptocurrency. But then they're like, oh, but I think like Bitcoin could like hold its value as an asset. So yeah. Well, they, now to be fair, to be fair, the SEC has never said anything bad about Bitcoin. They, it's the one that they've said, which could be one of two things. So they have said that Bitcoin is sufficiently decentralized because there's no foundation that runs it. There's yeah. no one that they can shut down. It's it's a commodity. It's not yeah. a currency. It's a commodity. Yeah. Now, all the jurisdictions in the world have basically said that Bitcoin's fine. Yeah. Now, that's either because they know they can't stop it and that's the right thing to do, or they're trying to corral all the shitcoiners into Bitcoin and then and then cut Bitcoin's head off to get rid of it altogether. That that was kind of my feel on it. I think they're trying yeah. to, like 
I think in a way, it's this juggling act, right? It's kind of like the vaccines, like when when they were first trying to sell boosters, when you had to like convince the people who hadn't taken it that it works enough for them to take their first two. But then you also had to convince the people who'd taken the two that it doesn't work, so went and take their booster. It's a similar sort of thing because they've obviously yeah. got um, every every government's trying to do central bank digital currencies now as well. So yeah. they want to get rid of all the competition without completely delegitimizing the space itself because they can't come out and go, this is all bullshit. Oh, but here's ours. Yeah, here's like, our version of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, next story is uh, in the finance world still, um, Apple has just hit a milestone. They hit it. It has not, uh, they have fallen from it, but they've hit the $3 trillion market cap. Jesus. Um, so they're up 51% year on year. Yeah. Uh, absolute juggernaut and this is the dumbest thing dude this is all in response to that stupid fucking headset really <laughs> right the goggles yeah the goggles i'm what, not so what sure. sent the price of the i'm not so sure because go and check some other tech stocks because a lot of tech stocks are up this is something that pbd's been speaking about a lot yeah i have a i have a whole thing on this because i've had heaps of people hitting me up oh tech it's so strong it's tech's this and, and tech is is the backbone of the entire economy yeah of course it's had a 90 percent correction yeah so it, it can only go up it's down of 90%. course but but what pbd's been speaking about a lot is that uh congress even even though they've got the same sort of inflation issues that we have uh there's a probably even a little bit worse than us so they're trying to do the same things like the um, the central bank is increasing interest rates and their rates are a lot higher than we have over here in Australia. But then Congress is like, yeah, no, nah, we're still in control and they still keep pumping out more and more money, yeah. uh, which is artificially inflating these things too. So like you said, you've had a 90% correction over the last 12 months, so they can only go up. But I think that um, that rebound that you're seeing is with again fake money coming from yeah, the government be, yeah. too yeah and the, actually now that i'm saying it out loud this could be a dead cat bounce a dead, dead cat bounces yes when it goes all, down all it pops up and then goes down even yeah. even further because all i'm saying is i don't think it's free money has to get washed out well it, the headset is what kicked off because apple so when everything else corrected by 90 percent, apple's only gone up apple hasn't had any correction it's an absolute jungle. Yeah, okay. yeah. It is crazy. I don't know how much money they've got in the bank, but I know they had a trillion dollars like years ago. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had two. That Like banks are borrowing money from Apple. Yeah, they're, they're the only tech stock that has its own cash reserves, really. Yeah, and they're, like, they're getting into financial services now too. They, they did a deal, I think it was with JP Morgan. Like that, they're going to be an absolute juggernaut. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do agree. I, I think what you said is right, is that there's still some funny money around and that has to get shaken out. That has I, to get shaken out. Eventually. My prediction is that that funny money doesn't get shaken out at least until after the next US presidential election. I think that's like, like yeah. they're literally trying yeah. to artificially make the economy. Like, look at what, what's happened in Australia this week. Um, Jim Chalmers, the treasurer, has come out going, oh, great news, everyone. Like, we've actually uh, got a $19 billion budget surplus from the last 12 months. And it's like, like they're trying to spruik it like they're doing such great things. And you go, dude, the the country is 
fucked. <laughs> like, like your $19 billion is obviously just an accounting trick. And the majority of the income that the Australian government receives is from selling coal to China and selling resources overseas. All the stuff that we say you can't use over here, which is why our electricity prices are going through the roof, that is where the majority of our income comes from, is digging stuff out of the ground and selling it overseas, which is what they want to get rid of down the track. Um, but but that's the, the same sort of thing. It's all just accounting tricks. And I think that what you'll see from the Biden administration, they're going to keep forcing Congress to keep approving more money and more money and more money because it is a way, like, even though your day-to-day experience is far worse financially now than it was 12 months ago, they then point to the stock market and they go, but look, like, the stock market's higher than ever. Like, we're going great guns. Yeah, you you just point to to any metric that's working for you. And like our, our one here was the unemployment oh we've got like i spoke to someone that works at the reserve bank and i said like what's this is a christmas time and i said oh what's next year gonna look like he's oh yeah really good because like unemployment's so low i'm like yeah but that that figure can't be right that 3.9 percent yeah can't be right when you need when you can see that like there's people that are excessively underemployed yep there's still heaps of people looking for work like we're maybe we're to a point where we need workers I don't know. No, so there's something that I saw a clip today. So Mark Boris does a podcast on the first of every month, speculating on whether or not the uh, rates will go up the next day. And I saw a clip from it on his page on his on his Instagram today, and they were essentially saying that he thinks that they'll put rates up again, which I agree with him. I, I think they will. Um, but the metric he was using was that the uh, not the governor of the Reserve Bank, the next step down, deputy governor, or whatever the the position is she had written a paper about a week ago saying that the reserve bank is targeting four and a half percent unemployment and we're at like yeah, well, i had five yeah okay so. we're at lower at like 3.7 percent or something like that so they're, they're literally targeting having like one hundred and forty thousand people lose their jobs so of course they're going to put the rates up like if that's what the target is that's well america what's... wants the same thing america so um What's their what's their finance guy's name? Jerome Powell. Jerome Powell, Jerome, yeah. Jerome Powell said the same thing. They're aiming for five percent unemployment. They need to get that un- unemployment up. And so, why is that? Well, it's to, it's to drive competition again. The idea is if there's if there's people that aren't working, they're not spending. If they're not spending, then the people that are selling stuff need to drop their prices to become competitive, and that's deflationary. That's the idea, which does make sense. But it sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Um, yeah, it's it's just fascinating, though, isn't it? How to to force to force things to happen, you need to essentially try to make the bottom of the barrel on on the totem lose their income <laughs> before anything will change. Yeah, I guess. Look, I get criticised because you you know I might be perceived as heartless. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at the economy of 25 million people, yeah, there will be some winners and there'll be some losers, right? Yeah, like at the end yeah. of the day, there will be. And yes, it sucks, but the alternative is worse. Yeah. Running at this rate will make employed people have less money than if they were unemployed. Oh yeah, look, I totally understand what you're saying there. And I, if it was a normal time period, I'd agree with you. What I have a really big problem with though is. In my opinion, 
a lot of the inflation that is that we are currently experiencing is due to corporate profiteering, which has yep. only become possible because during the pandemic, the government chose which businesses were allowed to open and which businesses had to close, and they removed an absolute metric ton of competition from the marketplace. And now that there is no competition for the big boys, they've been able to jack their prices and keep them there uh, because there, like, there is no competition. I th- like yeah, that yeah. to me is is that's where I have a real issue because I agree with you. Like, that's how economies work. Unfortunately, that's not a government, but that's the government hasn't done that. That's companies that have done that. No, but government did it to the companies against sure. the company's yep. will for two and a half years during the pandemic. Yep. And I yeah, mean, like, I know it. Like, walk around the Gold Coast, man. The amount of businesses that are that are long term businesses which are now gone. Like, we got a a message on Facebook a couple of weeks ago that Tonic. Uh, tonic bar in uh, what's it called next oh, to Churn- in Churn Park oh. Gonski so they've been there for 12 years that was where Amanda and I went for our first date um, so that's why it was yeah. relevant to us but that bar and used to crank and was there for 12 years and then now all of a sudden they're like yep yeah, we've decided not to renew our lease because they just can't afford to, to keep going anymore so yeah when when the government came well, in there's, artificially it's funny because there's some there's some other sorry you go you go there's some there's some bigger there's some bigger stuff that that you've just reminded me there's some bigger lagging indicators that we haven't realized yet and tonic is probably an example of where uh the cost of commercial property has to go up as interest rates rise right otherwise the investment moves elsewhere Mm because they won't be able to sell them so uh, an investment property is 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 priced based on what its financial yield is in a, as a percentage. Mm-hmm. So when interest rates are low, rents are cheap, occupancies are high. Yeah. But you, you're banking on the difference of like, you know, if you're getting a six percent yield, uh, when interest rates are two percent, that's good. Yeah. Well, it, but if if now if interest rates are six, you can go get six percent by parking your money with no risk in a bank, mm-hmm. and you're commercial property six percent it's not a good investment and then when when interest rates go to eight percent so now you have to try and either charge more which businesses just fall over yep that's a lagging indicator so a lot of people have um you know when you sign up for a commercial property lease you often do like a three-year lease it goes up by cpi when i was i just had to renegotiate my terms by rights my contract says that I it goes up by CPI, which was seven percent. Yeah, and I was like, and and luckily that like my my landlords are really cool and they're like we both agree that that's not a true and fair indication of what the real world is. Yeah, I still paid a five percent increase. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. CPI should be two, right? Mm. Now it will get to the point where it's going like the risk is only going to go higher as these interest rates go higher yeah. and it's going to put all this pressure on businesses like mm-hmm. mine it'll put, it'll put biz, uh, uh, pressure on businesses and it'll it'll flush a lot of businesses out and that lags because when you sign up you might sign up with like a three year plus a two year option or you know, like you sign up a lot longer than what you would in a residential property yeah yeah so that yeah. that being a lagging indicator means that we might not see the ramifications of that for another year or two 
No, no, I, I agree. And and there's so much more too. Like, you know, there's the mortgage cliff coming as well, where they're yeah. saying that all the people that were on fixed rate mortgages are about to go literally up by about 5% on theirs. Like, yeah, there's a lot more coming down the pike. And that's why I just get, I get a little bit jack when you hear, you know, the RBA or the government or whatever talking about the same indicators that you would speak about in any normal period of time. Whereas, like, during the pandemic, everything was state of emergency. So due to the state of emergency, we got to do this. Due to the state of emergency, we've got to do that. And we've got to make all these decisions because it's a state of emergency. And then now, we're like, there's not, like, in my opinion, like, Australia is potentially in, like, a, a financial state of emergency. When you look at the whole economy and you go, like... Uh, one of the one of the reasons why I, I voted for United Australia Party in the last federal election was because they were one of the only parties that actually had a plan on paying down our national debt, and it literally mm. considered of uh, uh, consisted of putting the old, which used to be a thing, a fifteen percent export tax on iron ore, and that entire fifteen percent export tax would then be used to pay down debt. That was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to vote for them because literally no one else had a plan, not one. Yeah, and that was yeah, one of, mentioned. We went through it. Yeah, and and that's yeah. that's a way of paying down the debt, but getting a different country to pay for it. The person who's purchasing the product is going to pay for that. Um, and they were also talking about capping interest rates on mortgages at whatever it was might have been three and a half percent or something for two years that was their policy and a lot of people at the time were going no no they can't do that because you know the funding costs are going to change and blah 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 and i sort of copped that at the time and then what came out like 12 months after the election was that all the retail banks were lent 188 billion dollars by our reserve bank during the pandemic at a fixed rate of 0.1 percent so then all of the interest rate rises that you've experienced, all that does is pad these retail banks' margins. Their costs yeah. of lending haven't increased on those loans. Yes, they have for the other yeah. ones. So they're not making as much out of the other loans, but not for those ones. They're just making cream on top every single month when the rates go up. But then they get to sell it to you going, oh yeah, but we're only doing this to fix inflation, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's Yeah, like- they, get, they get to benefit from both ends of the stick. 100%. 100%. I, I totally yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree with that. But it, I'm still very much, and it's funny because I'm talking to some of my other finance nerds, and it sucks for us because we're very much at the wait and see. Like, we can't make a decision on yet. We, we haven't seen enough. We have a, a feeling based on history and based on some markers that we're looking at that it's going to get much worse and the opportunities are going to come. Yeah. But we've been waiting for months and months and months now. And I think we've got to wait for months and months and months more before we can capitalize on, on, yeah. on those. And that's a bit frustrating for me because you want to, you want to have your money in the markets. You want to be doing something, but yeah, yeah, but we haven't. All right. Next, next topic. I wanted to talk now. This was a story that was all over the news. I wanted to just like, I haven't pulled any data up because we heard everything that there was to hear, which was about the, 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 Wagner Group in Russia mm-hmm. marching on Moscow. Yeah. Right? So the story the, goes... The coup. The coup. The, the story goes, the Wagner Group is basically Putin's private army that is not Russian-sanctioned. It's just like a, 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 a unit full of soldiers of fortune. They have various operations around the world. They often trade in gold, so they, they, they will like, they're like in Africa... 
you know, fleecing gold from these mines. Anyway, yeah. they're fighting in Ukraine as well. And they're hot, like the very, very elite soldiers, very yeah. highly trained. And something happened where the bo- the boss of Wagner had was basically disgruntled with Putin, turned his troops around and headed to Moscow, made it within 200 miles of the capital. And uh, before then, now, up to that point, the media is going wild, right? Yeah. They're talking about how this is this is the closest time we're going to be to a nuclear event. This is the biggest uh, loss that Putin has had. Um, and not uh, even during uh, the war, this, like during his 20 years of rule sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, this is the biggest dent that he's had in his career. Uh, what else? What else? I mean, everything, everything. This is the best chance. This is re-emboldened re- Ukraine. Yeah. Um, they were basically making it out like uh, this was a sign that Russia was about to lose the war. And that all of okay. a sudden the Wagners had turncoded and it was going to be Ukraine and the Wagner group versus Russia. Okay. So up to that point, what did you think about that particular thing? Because this was a week, week or two weeks ago, right? I think it was a week ago. Um, oh, look, uh, at face value, I wasn't buying it. Like the, 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 the precursor I want to say is this, uh, we, you and I speculate on a lot of things and we speculated very intensely on COVID and vaccines. We speculate very intensely on our economy and government decisions and all of those things. And the difference between those things and the Ukraine war stuff is that we could speculate but look around at our own anecdotal experience of those things and we could start checking ourselves and go, okay, I think I'm right about this, but I've experienced this now directly and I think I'm wrong about that. I've got no such feel for the war. Mm. I have none. Literally, all I can go off is history, is applying the same um, financial incentive skepticism that I do to everything. So in other words... Mm-hmm. When mainstream media comes out and tells you a certain thing that might benefit their donors or uh, investors financially, then it's probably they're probably telling you that for the financial benefit, not because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really, really hard to speculate on these things. But my first feeling about the whole thing was, uh, I'm not, I'm not buying it because of the amount of pro-Ukraine propaganda which we have already received just during the war which has then turned out to be complete falsehoods. Things like the Ghost of Kiev story for example. Yeah. So for anyone who's already forgotten about it um, there was a story about the Ghost of Kiev the Ukrainian fighter pilot that was just shooting down all these Russian planes out of the sky and it never happened. It didn't exist. It was just a rah-rah story to get everyone on board with with Ukraine. Mm. So my, my first gut feel was uh, I'm I'm just not buying this thing. Well, I, I was the same. And the reason why I, I was trying to follow it on Twitter, and I remember very vividly, I found out on Twitter when Crimea got taken by Russia mm. and Twitter had footage of these helicopter after helicopter after helicopter after helicopter. And I was yeah. shocked. I was like, oh. And I didn't know what it was when I first looked at it, but it wasn't until that later that night. I was like, oh, the Russians have just taken Crimea. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I saw that on, on Twitter, right? Yeah. With armed with that, when I looked at the footage, 
they it was it was to me it was staged there was mm. one tank going down the road doing a right hand turn and it was about eight different angles of the same moment what you mean like when biden visited and him and Zelensky were walking through kiev and the um air raid siren went off for the first time in months yeah yeah Yeah. um so that okay so uh, i was the same as you i i didn't buy it oh so i'll give you one thing before you move on sorry one of the other reasons why i'm skeptical one of the other channels that i follow is called redacted they're they're fantastic and Mm. The best thing about Redacted is they're actually liaising with a reporter who's on the ground in Ukraine right right now. And one of the things that he's reported on multiple times in the last two weeks is when mainstream media comes out and goes, the Ukrainian army has had this big win and they've, they've taken over this town and this town and this town. He's gone and visited the towns. There's only Russians there. Like it's it's BS. It's complete BS. Well, we we knew that about, about the casualties. So remember yeah. when we were told at the start, like no one realised how good the um, the Ukrainians were and and um, they're killing way more Russians than our Ukrainians. It's like four or five to one. Yeah, yeah. We know the, the documents that got leaked from the Americans yeah, the Pentagon. showed there was like 250,000 Ukrainians had died and there was like 20,000... Russians had died. Yeah, I now, think I think the latest stats I've sort of heard is somewhere around three fifty to four hundred thousand Ukrainians so far, and maybe eighty thousand odd Russians at the moment. Right, and but again, the, who, knows? Right, who knows? It actually, like, I get emotional thinking about these guys for nothing. This is the, for nothing. And this, this is, is about, the thing: uh, we are yeah. so far removed from this. This is like this is the argument that you have all the time about. Um, you know how, how we eat food in 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 australia right like uh people think that hunting is barbaric but then they'll go and buy steak from the shops yeah. like that's because you're so removed from what happens to that animal like you just desensitize to it and for any democratic western nation to be cheering on having this war in yeah. the first place when we're like whatever the number really is we're talking like hundreds of thousands of young men and civilians and children on both sides needlessly dying because yeah. there's a few elites big dogs who are trying to make political moves which benefit themselves financially that's what all of this is about picture how, what's the biggest stadium in brisbane which one is it is the gabba or um yeah suncorp stadium fifty-five thousand seats suncorp okay Imagine double that, gone. Yeah. Imagine like every second or third guy that you know, gone. Dead. Yeah. And and juxtapose like, that against like so juxtapose the coverage you get on the Ukraine war, which doesn't highlight of all all these deaths, with the coverage you got during COVID with the death counts. Yeah. In like, yep. in the first in the first year of COVID in Australia that we shut down our country for. And we, bro- we, we broke the Nuremberg Code by forcing an experimental injection on the population. We had 909 deaths in the first year. In the first year of this war, we've had hundreds of thousands of deaths. But the mainstream yeah. media cheers it on like it's a fucking good thing. Like it's, 
yeah. You, you, so, everyone needs to check themselves whenever you when you like just blase blow off what's happening over there because it's over there we're talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people and when we can talk about all this woke bullshit as much as we like like you can talk about the voice and you can talk about trans rights and doing all these things for all these victim and these minority groups well guess what there's hundreds of thousands of people dying overseas right now against their will most of these people weren't even allowed to leave even if they wanted to and so this hits me pretty hard too because in 2003 when we went to war in afghanistan yeah i was going to sign up i was going i was i was in air cadets at the time i I wasn't old enough but i was yeah yeah, and i was i was going to do it because i thought it was the right thing to do yeah so and it war just isn't war just isn't it's 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 not the right way to do it it's and especially this one in particular because it's literally about painting lines on a map not even like from what i can see the borders that they're trying to rewrite they consider themselves russians anyway they speak yeah. russian well they don't call themselves russian like the donbass is like uh, uh they want to they want to be like an independent but they all speak russian yeah well they're, they're, they're so russian affiliated. they on. voted on on uh being annexed by russia and they voted to become part of russia and I was listening to something on Redacted, like a bit of a history lesson they had on Ukraine during the week. These these borderlines, like you were saying, they've been rewritten dozens of times over the last hundred years. Yeah. They're constantly moving these borders around. So, and yeah. they also completely forget the fact that uh, Ukraine's been bombing those regions since 2014. Like, it's just a very... Yeah, forget it. Just a subtle forget thing it, to leave okay. out. Get back to the Wagner thing, right? Yeah. What I found so surprising is that the media pushed so hard and then 24 hours later, the boss of uh, uh, of Wagner, I forgot his name. Yeah, I forgot his name too. Doesn't matter. Anyone can look it up. He if to. turns the troops around and everyone like basically dissipates and the coup is over. Yeah, in 24 hours and time. And then, then the, the, our media told us how good that was for Ukraine mm. and how weak it, it makes Putin. Yeah, it makes Putin how, look weak. How, how dumb do they think we are? How we are dumb. dumb. Like, but, and, and we are because I've spoken to people about it who said, oh, yeah. Like, mm. And I'm like, explain to me why that makes Putin weak when Wagner's coup didn't happen, was ended pretty peacefully. I, I believe there was like 15 dead total. In that in that twenty four mm. hours, and I think it was Wagner's shooting down jets, I believe. Yeah. Um, in twenty four hours, it was stopped. Yeah. Uh, and all those Wagner troops have now been signed over to the Russian forces. Yeah. And every new signee to Wagner becomes a Russian military troop. Yep. It's, and no court, no one will be court martialed from Wagner's. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is that like explain to me even try to try to steel man it for me what am i missing because to me that looks like okay well that was negotiation done correctly that's what should yeah. be done with this whole fucking war in my opinion yeah yeah have a chat sort it out do a deal right mm. what what have i missed and how how can how can they perpetuate this on us and we fall for it so here's here okay here's something really interesting i heard patrick bed david talk about this week and he's right 
and it's it's a, might seem like a bit of a tangent, but it'll make sense in a second. He was talking about religions and countries, and he was talking about how the most tolerant countries and the most tolerant religions uh, will end up becoming failed states because they literally accept anything. And the example that he uses is like, he goes, who do you think is really the most tolerant religion? And you would probably say Christians, right? Because you can make cartoons about God, taking the piss, Jesus on the cross, whatever. And they go, yeah, cool. No worries. Like, ha ha ha, a little bit funny. Don't really like it, but it's yeah. not our thing. If you make a comic about the Muslim prophet Muhammad, well, you'll fucking know about it. Ask the Charlie Hebdo people over in France, right? Yeah. So, so the thing is that... Uh, we, our society, especially in the West, is being told that not even tolerance, it like tolerance is no longer good enough. It's got to be acceptance of everything. And if you don't accept anyone or anything or anything that we tell you, that makes you a bad person. And we saw That's that especially. Unacceptable. That's right. So we saw that yeah. during, and, and this is, this is getting to, to the point, um, Exactly what you're saying is literally this. How can anyone think that having a two-way bet on the Wagner situation by the media in a 24-hour period, uh, how would that trick anyone? And the answer yeah. is because we've been programmed literally for years to accept this to happen to us. Exactly like the example I used before, your vaccines during the pandemic. They were literally coming out telling the people who hadn't had it yet that it worked, so go get your initial two doses. And then they're telling everyone else that had had it and the two doses yeah. that it doesn't work, so you need to go and get a third. Like, so, but, but, but our, our society is being told that if you're intolerant of that ridiculous notion, that that's like, that's you being a bad person. And it's yeah. the same thing as, like, look at, you know, Trans rights is another big thing, which has just popped up all of a sudden, just all of a sudden in all over the West. Trans rights is this, is this thing. And we are being told to believe that a, a single digit child who cannot smoke, drink, get a tattoo, even get a piercing without parental consent knows enough about their own bodies to be able to change genders because they think, yeah, I'm, I've been born in the wrong body. We are being told to accept that and to tolerate that. And and you even look at the terminology used in... Um, it's gender-affirming care. That's what they call it. They call it gender-affirming yeah. care. If it was gender-affirming care when you have a son who comes and says, hey, I think I'm a girl, gender-affirming is like, no, mate, you're a boy. Sorry, dude. Like... Yeah. It is what it is. Um, learn to love yourself. And I love you for who you are. Like that would probably be yeah. the right way to handle it, right? But we call it gender affirming care. So so our society is literally... And, and look at look at the way people respond to all of these things. Anything that is emotional, anything like... We are so scared to put our necks out and go, that's fucking ridiculous. I don't believe that. Why do you believe that? Like our society is literally programmed to be scared to question anything. Which is why the media can go and have a fucking two-way bet on the Wagner's coup being a good thing for Ukraine. And everyone just cops it. Because they don't even yeah. remember the shit from 24 hours before. And one of the things that we have said in the last couple of weeks, I must admit, mentally I'm a little bit, not exhausted, 
But mentally, I'm finding it hard to figure out which stories to focus on at the moment because there's so much. I feel yeah. like there is an, an there's been an unprecedented awakening since the pandemic. So what yeah. are they doing? They're literally flooding the new space with everything all at the same time. Yeah. So most rational people who have to go and work 40, 50, 60 hours a week to keep up with the rising cost of living that's being forced upon them by all of their Western governments around the world don't have the fucking time to be able to research every single one of these hot button topics. At the same time, they're being actively demotivated to do it because if you do your own research in these, you're a bigot or you're a racist or you're a transphobe or whatever the buzz term they want to use. Which is a nice segue to the next story. Yeah. Okay. So I agree with what you said. I also thought that the Wagner, the whole Wagner story, when it turned in 24 hours, I'm like, this isn't a fucking story. Like, it's yeah. over. It's over. Yeah. Like, that's that's not a story. So then I was like, okay, what have we missed? Right? Now, this popped up. So don't forget, we had Wagner and we had the submarine. Right? Remember? Yep. Wagner, submarine. The US government knew about the submarine uh, on Sunday. Yep. Let, let the party go for five days to find the tin can right yeah now here is something now I, I, let me preamble this with i don't know if this is true this could be completely fabricated this video might be out of context i don't know this is just something i found and there's a couple little points that i'll make all right so i, I I'm, I'm saying like we mm-hmm. td Ameritrade. Here's a video of, uh, and I'll read it here. How corrupt is the US? Day after Justice Department launched investigation to Wall Street Shorts' largest document storage facility, TD Ameritrade, Bartlett Warehouse. Sorry, just just hold on a second. They hold evidence away. Your connection just blipped a second. So I think people missed that. Okay, so I might just reread it. it from my end because how? they'll hear it through the recording. Okay. okay. So it says, how corrupt is the US? The day after the Justice Department launched an investigation into Wall Street short sellers, largest document storage facility, TD Ameritrade Bartlett Warehouse went up in flames. They hauled evidence away on fire in direct violation of OSHA safety requirements. So the, the video for audio listeners is a truck uh excavator and a crane with like a hose at the top of fire truck this this wreckage is on fire and they are loading smoking debris onto the back of a truck now that yeah. looks wild okay yeah now this is somehow aligned to uh where is it where is it where is it uh how many documents were deleted by jp morgan oh is it 37 million or something emails millions of emails yeah here we go here's another another video of the ameritrade building just burning down yeah burning so, down so for anyone who who is maybe a new listener or is just not aware um jp morgan and chase the one of the largest banks in the world the bank that just happens it's to, the largest now okay the bank that just happens to be continuously paid billions of dollars by the US government to buy other banks and and take them over during all this financial stress. Um, There is currently a lawsuit against them in the Virgin Islands 
which the uh, the dis- district attorney or department, I can't remember exactly the, the, the person, but I think it was the district attorney of the Virgin Islands who brought the case against JP Morgan, got fired the day afterwards because of their connections to Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking business. And the lawsuit is all about how JP Morgan facilitated his sex trafficking business knowing full well what he was doing. So that's all going on in the background. And then all of a sudden, this document warehouse, which housed a lot of their documents, just happens to go up in flames. Now, I don't want to... I've be... never seen anything like this. I've never seen... Uh, I've never seen... Uh, like, how dangerous would it be working, operating these machines, picking up flaming rubble and putting it into the back of a truck? That is crazy. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like a good idea. But I have seen a similar situation which happened on, uh, I think it was September 11, 2001, when the Pentagon got hit by a plane and it happened to get hit in the, uh, like, the uh, documents section of yeah. the Pentagon, uh, which was, I think, the day after was that Donald Rumsfeld made the speech where he was saying that the... Uh, uh, was that the government had had misplaced like three point two trillion dollars? I think it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just I just wanted to mention that that's really conspiracy corner. Do with it what you will, but that happened while we were looking for people that were in the um, submerged mm. uh, tin can as well as when the Wagner force was maybe or maybe not marching on the Capitol, mm. but not really. They gave up and then they flew away and nothing really happened. So, and, and, just ah. rem- and just remember too, uh, the US government, while all that stuff's going on, 12 months ago they brought in new legislation which says that they are allowed to check every single cash transaction that you make over $600. Yeah. Right? Now... Also in relation to this is the only news story that I paid attention to during the week, which is the bill that the Australian government is currently trying to smash through. And again, no one's heard about it because all we hear about from the government is stuff about the voice at the moment, because that's the emotional thing which gets everybody engaged and gets everyone arguing. I'm still trying to understand it. Oh, well, going back to my rant before about the each way bets... And, and trying to convince uh, people to believe things which are ridiculous. They are trying to say that an Indigenous voice to Parliament doesn't uh, separate Australians based on race. Yeah. Nonsense. The, the thing that gets me the most, the, just uh, I want to put one comment on it and then we'll go to the, the actual yeah, yeah. story, but... The biggest critique from the no voters has been you're not even telling us what the details of the voice will be. Yep. Okay, that's been the biggest critique. And the reason why I'm so sus on this is that even after all that, they've just, they've never come to, like, they've never produced anything. No. So, so- if... if so yeah, this is okay, your this biggest is, critique to me was something I would f- I would fulfill that critique to shut right. you up. Yeah, but this is this yeah, is a right? thing they they put enough th- stuff out there in the space where they go, um, 
yeah, well, we can't tell you exactly how it's going to work because that's going to be legislated by the parliament and that can change over time. So again, this is another each way thing. They're trying to convince you that you this is so important that it must be enshrined in our constitution so it can never be removed because it's so important. However, the actual function of it and how it works is subject to whoever controls parliament at any given time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, anyway, it's... move on anyway. to the next thing. Move on to the next thing. I don't yeah. like it. It makes me angry. So, so what is happening in, in Australia at the moment is there is a bill that they are trying to pass through parliament which is to govern uh, misinformation and disinformation. And I'm, I didn't bother getting a resource for it because we don't need to go through the whole thing. But essentially what the bill aims to do is fine social media companies if the government, and this is like, like hundreds of thousands of dollars a day, if the government does not think that they are fulfilling their responsibilities of removing harmful mis- and disinformation from their platforms. Now, uh, funnily enough, there is an excluded content section on their yeah. uh, on the legislation. And the excluded content for misinformation purposes means any of the following. Uh, a. Content produced in good faith for the purposes of entertainment, parody, or satire. Well, tell that to... Um, what's the... Uh, Isaac Butterfield, who just got yeah. dragged before the Human Rights Commission for a joke? Yeah. Yeah. B. Professional news content. And I'll just go all the way down to uh, E, content that is authorized by the Commonwealth or the state. So why is this happening? COVID, the pandemic, was the dress rehearsal. And we have all seen the Twitter files that's come out. We've now seen all the Australian Freedom of Information Act requests that are coming out, which showed that the government was seeking to censor uh, not only regular Australian speech, but the speech of sitting members of parliament, which are supposed to be protected under um, like parliamentary privilege. It's not technically parliamentary privilege, but but a member of part a parliament um, is supposed to have their speech protected because it's politically protected speech in Australia. I think yeah. that's how the, the terminology works. And the, the government, and this was the Morrison government at the time, but hey, I'm telling you right now, Labor ain't any different. The two sides are the same coin. Uh, there, there is all of these requests to literally remove guys like Craig Kelly or George Christensen from social media companies by the Australian government. Now, here's the kicker. A lot, like, the government came out and said, um, oh, we didn't, we didn't censor anyone. We were just letting these social media companies know that these posts were possibly breaking their terms and conditions. So what that means... Is it, and, and the evidence from the Freedom of Information request shows there was multiple times when the government requested something got removed and was then refused by the social media companies. So now they're just taking it to the next level. So if you refuse to remove the content that the Australian government deems as harmful mis- or disinformation, the government will just fine you hundreds of thousands of dollars per day until you comply. However, their speech and their mouthpieces in the news media who are bought and sold, they're exempt from this. 
So yeah. all of these things we're speaking about with like conspiracy corner and whatever, and and hey, um, precursor, we could be wrong on all of it. These are just opinions. We're just yeah. normal, regular, everyday Australian citizens who've got opinions on some shit. We could be dead wrong. Yeah. We're not claiming to be right Picking about all the signals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the Australian government is seeking to become the arbiter of truth. And this is being reflected in Western countries all over the world. They're all doing... Like, I mean, we, we saw the Ministry of Truth that the Biden administration attempted to put in, run by the absolute Trump-hating chick who herself participated in misinformation. We've seen... Um, what, what's... The, it's BBC... Right what's that, sorry? Oh, you just in right now. Jacinda yeah. has moved. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen BBC Verify. So the British Broadcasting Corporation, which is a government taxpayer-funded media entity, come out with BBC Verify, designed to uh, you know, live fact-check things so they can be your only source of truth. In Canada, they have banned news content from being shared on social media in Canada. They've banned it. So all of these conversations that we're having, enjoy them while you still can. Because it is, it is a, a very real chance that even, like, you know, Rumble can be a, f- a free speech platform all they like. But if the Australian government just comes to them and goes, hey, we're going to fine you hundreds of thousands of dollars a day until you take the VK bros off, what are they going to do? Like, mm. this is the digital cage I've been warning you guys all about for, you know, almost two years now since all the COVID stuff started coming in. This is what they're trying to do. And while they've got everyone hopped up on the emotional bullshit around the voice, this is the stuff they're sneaking in. Just like they snuck in the um, the new laws during COVID in 2021, where they can take control of your social media accounts and post on your behalf. So they can either entrap people or they can yeah, entrap, entrap you. people. Yeah. They did that in 2021 to the Australian government during the pandemic that they were telling you was the most important thing in the world. That's why they took all your rights away. They thought during that period of time, it was most important to put that legislation through. And it got voted unanimously on both sides, Labor and Liberal. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. And on that note, let's leave it there. Let's enjoy the misinformation while we still can. Thanks, guys. Take it easy.